We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we cover Sam Hartman, his floor, his ceiling, what to expect. It's great to have no quarterback battle going into fall camp, having your starter. Notre Dame hasn't really experienced that recently going into fall camps. And overall, it's great for the teams. Left. Should Kenny Minchie truly have a shot to be the backup going through the fall camp? Hell, if you call up to the school saying you think you can play up there, you should be looking to be the starter. In my opinion, I think Kenny taking the effort to, you know, invest in himself to put himself in the Notre Dame uh, conversation because it's a, it's like pulling out the King Arthur sword. It's not easy. He could have easily went to Pitt, been a four-year, three-year starter, insignificant to the storyline of college football. Let's be honest. Unless he's the number one player coming out of Pitt, his storyline is insignificant to the to the bigger picture of college football. If you are a part of Notre Dame football, you are the storyline of college football history during that time you're there. Because whatever you do at Notre Dame, during those three to four years, five years that you're at Notre Dame is affecting the college football landscape in some way. In some way, us losing to Clemson in 2015 made Clemson who they are and Deshaun Watson and all of that. If we win that game versus Clemson in 2015, there is no Clemson dynasty and all this and that. It would have been us playing Alabama and all of that. You see what I'm saying? So the, the type of things that happen, if we – beat Florida State when they're number three or four in the country coming off the championship. That was a huge momentum game, momentous game of the season that year. Hell, Ohio State versus Notre Dame last year. If it wasn't for CJ winning that game, he wouldn't be in New York. He wouldn't be in New York if it wasn't for that. So it's you're going to play a huge factor into the college football storyline being a part of Notre Dame, especially the quarterback position. So for a kid to understand that and take that on as a challenge when Notre Dame wasn't looking his way necessarily, you know, the mindset should be, yeah, I'm going in there to rob the bank. I'm going in there to to, to turn heads and do things I wasn't expected to do, which is a lot easier going in 
than to go in like a Jimmy Clausen where they're like, this is the answer. I would feel way more pressure going in being a Sam Hartman or a Jimmy Clausen or Brady Quinn where they're like, oh, this is or Ron Paulus. Oh, this is a two-time back-to-back Heisman winning national championship quarter before he even takes a snap. Nobody even knows what Kenny's going to do. Nobody knows because Notre Dame didn't know. Kenny called up there and said, hey, I think I can make this thing work. So I think just that perspective going in, in my opinion, would ignite Kenny to be more invested in to get the job done, not more so or less than than a guy like Jimmy Clausen who's going in as the, the, the new touchdown Jesus, which is heavy expectations to carry, you know, before you even play. But for a guy like Kenny, I think he has the story to really uh, – get the team to be galvanized around him you know he didn't come in as the leader in the class like you know not that anything's wrong with cj's doing but it's just a different way of coming to the table you know and i think that helps the quarterback room develop where it's like not everybody in the room is a spoon-fed guy this is a room that is cultivated a competition where guys are trying to prove themselves. Sam's trying to prove himself. Kenny trying to prove himself. CJ's car coming in. Trying, hell, Steve Angeli proving himself. He like, man, y'all wash me out the whole thing. And he's the backup, technically. Like, technically, if Sam got hurt first day of camp, Steve Angeli would be the starter through just the fact that he's been there the longest. And he don't even be taking the one rep. So just it's it's a lot is riding in that quarterback room. But I think the, the essence of the room is a lot more fervent for greatness than it has been in the past. I think we've just been in neutral uh, in that quarterback room for a long time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Let me ask you a question. A lot of different moving parts going into the fall. Gino Gaduli is a new part of Notre Dame. Even in the Brian Kelly era, there wasn't really a quarterback-specific coach. Just strictly to work with the quarterbacks, right? So now you have a starter that's going to get, let's say, 70% of the snaps in the fall left. Right. He's getting 70% of the snaps. Now you're allotting the other 30 to Steve and Kenny. But they're going through other individual things because the individuals were with Tommy Reese right? while he was still trying to OC and set up the practices. That's not the case with Jared Parker. Now you have Gino Guduli. The individual can be more attentive to really start getting these kids ready, even though they're only getting a certain percentage of the fall snaps. Talk about that, how that's going to impact their play during the scrimmages and during the fall camp and then going into the season and how they can expedite both of them. Because we don't want to leave Steve Angeli out. He's getting the same opportunity. Kenny Minchie, I can tell you one thing. He's not running. Steve Angeli isn't about to just be given the backup. I believe Kenny Minchie has plans on pushing him. Yeah, I mean, it's really open game. You got to think about it. You got a new quarterback coach. He has no allegiance to anybody in that room, even the guy that we got as the starter because he's only there for a year and he just got there. So, you know, the the what held that room together from everybody kind of un- being comfortable was Tyler Buckner because he's been there. He knows offense. He's a good resource. He's not over overbearing or over competitive where he's not a friendly dude in the room. Now you don't have that consistency in the room. Now it's like up for grabs. Even with Sam, Sam's got it in, in, in control, but Sam is figuring it out. So there's no wealth of experience from a playing under center at Notre Dame that we have currently, which is a really interesting dynamic because it's it's a surreal moment for anybody to be starting in that position, but for nobody to have no starts under that. <laughs> going in, nobody has starts under that quarterback position for the Notre Dame offense going into the first game, which is probably can't find that anywhere else in the country, anywhere else where the room itself has not taken a snap as a starter in that room, which puts a lot of, a lot up in the air where, look, there's gotta be a dog come out of that because it's just way too much of a slam dunk. Because you can go to a lot of rooms. You go to Texas room, there's, you know, it's it's tense in that room. You got Arch Manning in there. You got Quinn Ewers. You got Malik Murphy. Those are some good quarterbacks. Go to Ohio State room. You got Devin Brown. You got Kyle McCoy. You got some guys you can, okay. With us, it's like everybody from the outside looking in be like, oh, that's a winnable spot. <laughs> everybody on the outside looking in be like, that's not. Uh, a, a scary room 
outside looking in. But the but the room itself has a lot of a lot that can be asked of and can be produced from that room. Sam can make a can make some money out of that room. If he just lock in, you know, put in the right stuff, get with Jared Parker, he can make himself whatever he wants to be out of that room. A lot of rooms can't say it. He can't go to Tulsa's quarterback room right now and be like, if you just do your job, you're going to be in the right spot. So it's the it's the the mystery of that room and the mystery of the production. I think having a guy in there like Gino Gadouli can manage it and and foster the right type of uh production and results out of that room. But it's still special and it and it holds a lot of weight to this team. You're on mute. You know. Kenny Minchie has to Kenny Minchie has to be reined in. And what I mean by that, and left is probably shaking his head because left is like, I love that. If you're gonna be a quarterback, I would mother much rather rein you in than to have to build you up and get you to take shots. Kenny Minchie has to be reined in because he's super confident, he believes in himself. And he's a darn good thrower of football, naturally. Just natural skill of knowing how to take the right art, loft, speed off the ball, increase speed. Naturally, he's just able to do it. He was doing it in high school. Steve Angeli has just struggled with accuracy and ball placement. Since he's gotten to Notre Dame, he just has. And when you watch him in practice, it's the same thing. So, is he a gamer? Yes. Is he tough? Yes. Can he run the offense and know the offense? Yes. Like Dane Chris. He's big. You know, got some good qualities, you know, about him, but some guys are just who they are and I think Steve Angeli is who he is he needs help just like 95% of the quarterbacks in college football he's not going to be the most accurate I think it just sucks because you get guys like a Drake May you get guys like a Caleb Williams where they have all of this talent early and it's just everything is flowing for them they're in the right fit and you're like why is our quarterback not like that? Well, it's not that many guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May. <laughs> it's just so you're going to be dealing with everybody else. And and it's OK. Everybody else needs help and something around them. So, yeah, as a standalone, Steve Angeli probably wouldn't be the first pick of the draft. But with Notre Dame and the help he has. We can we can we can make up for where he lacks by taking a ball out of his hand because we have other players. Maybe we don't have the same amount of explosives and the same amount of uh, numbers or the the stats that we may expect out of the team, but he can squeeze and get some juice out of the same orange. You know, 
We're looking to overflow our cup of juice with Sam Hartman. But with Steve, we know he can he can squeeze some wins out of that because he's at Notre Dame. And that's and for right now, as a quote unquote placeholder until proven otherwise, he's there exactly how he should be. Because if we had a bunch of number one picks, it would be hard. You know, it would be hard to manage. Interesting chat going on about the Ireland thing we threw out there. And I, dude, I didn't research it. I don't even know if it's possible. Right. I was, I'm putting that on with the premise of it being just like the Las Vegas game last year, where I know a ton of recruits went to the game. And that was probably on their own dime. Them and their families. We can look, we can make it. Wasn't an official visit. My point is for me, if I've been to Notre Dame's campus, unofficially two or three times left yeah and i've already been to a game day i would much rather go to ireland and go to another game day that's just me i've already seen the campus i've already talked to administrators i've already seen a football game you mean to tell me i can have an experience we go to the exclusivity of Notre Dame and using it to your advantage. That exclusivity is the fact that Notre Dame travels internationally and all over the world every year and gives experience to the, this is what you're going to experience if you come to Notre Dame. I'm taking the experience if I have been to Notre Dame multiple times. That's just me. Because that's something I can't get at Ohio State, something I can't get in Michigan, something I can't get at USC. You talk about four for 40? This too. And maybe Ireland is a little bit too expensive. Whatever the next destination is, take advantage. Because I know Drake Bowen was in a row full of like 15 recruits in 23 and 24 that went to Vegas. Notre Dame barely beat BYU. So it wasn't a game. It was the fact that they were sitting in a professional football stadium in a crazy environment that Notre Dame sold out along with whatever small percentage of BYU tickets that were sold. And they left there and they went and walked the strip and Drake Bowen said it was crazy to be walking a Las Vegas strip and Notre Dame fans knew who I was. Yeah, that's the uniqueness. Notre Dame fans. That's an exclusive Bowen. experience exclusive, that yeah. no one else recruiting Drake Bowen could have given him. No one. Notre Dame is good at that, man. We do our research now. And I'll tell you another thing. This is why... I, look, Notre Dame, for all the swings and misses in the 24 class, and I have no clue why that has taken place. I really don't. If we knew the answer, you know us. We would give it to you. But Notre Dame is on top of it in this 25 class. Oh, they man. are, man, because this cookout coming the 30th, all of these 25 kids that are coming back, and they're doing this huge cookout, that's including the recruits, the current freshmen, and the current players. 
You got Owen Strebick coming back for his third time. Taylor, uh, Taylor from Chicago coming back for his third visit. All types of big-time recruits coming in. They're on it. They're on it. I think they're trying to get Deuce Knight back Yeah, for the cookout. Yo, they're on it. They're on it. This cookout is a fantastic idea. And this is what it's about. Create exclusive experiences that no one else is doing. Yeah. The winning will come. But you have to create exclusive experiences. Look, and the left, everyone else, you played there, you went there, you graduated from there. I'm a lifelong fan that has been there in the stadium as a toddler, as a teenager, and as an adult. I now have the opportunity to cover this team and talk about this team. That's right. Of course, I think the campus is beautiful. Of course, I think the man turning left, when you come in, you turn left, you go down, you bang that right, you take that road, and the lake is there to your left. Man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The leaves are falling. It's beautiful. You walk up on the grotto for the first time. It's like, yo, it's incredible. You walk into the basilica and you look up and you see the ceilings and it's like, man, yo, you walk the campus. You walk around the stadium and you start to feel the years of all the presidents and all the players and all of the important people and superstars that have come to watch football. in this place. You feel it. But a 16-year-old kid isn't feeling that when he's walking the campus, dog. No. He has no connection to Notre Dame. He no. can't feel that yet. Yeah. You have to create an experience for him Absolutely. so there can be a connection. You just can't say, oh, this is our campus. No, that's not how that works. That's not how it works. Let me tell you something. Roger Dodger. Let me tell you something. Roger Dodger. And this, this is funny because the last time Justin Scott actually saw Notre Dame play, USC beat the hell out of Notre Dame because he was there on his official visit. The last time he watched the Notre Dame defense, it was on that night. And when I spoke to him after the USC visit, you know what he talked about? The architecture of the campus. This kid, he's on something else, dude. He's like, yo. He's like, honestly. Man, listen. That architecture of the campus. But this is my point. That let me know that USC didn't have a shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. he was talking about the architecture of the campus. I'm like, bro. Had nothing to do with what he just watched. Nothing. Nothing. But 
I can relate because it's a beautiful campus. Yeah. I know. We was there. I walk it every year, multiple times. It's a gorgeous campus. Bookstore is a little overpriced. A mm. little. Yeah, dog. It's majorly overpriced. I feel yeah. like the bookstore would generate more if they just kept it reasonable. And this is crazy because they just built. I don't know what it was. Five years. I think they just opened this new. They just built this new student center left. Yeah, the student center is crazy. That is like it's a Target, another grocery store. Then you have all of these restaurants, spas, clothing stores, everything. And it's just crazy. And you sit there in the middle and you chillax and you watch all of these kids come up and it's a beautiful fountain. And it's just, it's an amazing campus. It's an amazing campus. Amazing, yeah. It's an amazing campus for a different reason. You can go to the USC campus as a visitor and actually have fun as a 16-year-old without even talking USC football. Yeah. That's yeah. my point. If you dropped a 17 or 16-year-old 16, 16 off in the middle of USC's campus, they would have a ball. Absolutely. Without talking football, they would have a ball. Because we haven't even brought up the eye candy. That's, that's a whole nother issue. USC don't even pay for that. That's just free. That's just that's, that's just free. Free. That's just hat walking around. So this is what we're talking about. Notre Dame having the opportunity, and they're doing it because this cookout is a great idea. Now, how they execute execute the cookout is a whole nother thing. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories from these recruits. But it's a great idea. It is getting the players and the recruits an exclusive look at what it's like to be a player on campus, especially during the summer, because the campus belongs to you all during the summer, left. That's right. That's the one time the campus is yours. This is what it's like as a Notre Dame football player. This is the experience. It's a great idea. It's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, you got to find your victories, and the cookout is a victory that's that's got to be a victory for us. It's got to have some positive turnout because these are one of our biggest recruiting uh, mm -hmm. weekends where we have the chance to really roll out and show something more than just – weights and meeting rooms we can ingratiate you with the campus show mm -hmm. you how beautiful it looks we can get some food chit chat uh but really stressing the, the the wholesomeness and totality of what the recruiting visit is like at notre dame for the number one school with moms so these cookouts <laughs> are always how we seal the deal with the moms on campus that that come and everything so for Marcus Freeman, I think, hell, bringing back uh, some of the things that they did shit, at Ohio State during that time, I think would be good. Uh, just Absolutely. To, to find ways to have retention that that matter 
and these mm-hmm. kids that usually are interested in Notre Dame, it don't take much. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. You know, that's why we probably got so lazy is that the kids that get it, which is the, we can be honest, 80% of the each recruitment class are kids that want to come to Notre Dame and see the value of coming to Notre Dame. We, mm-hmm. we all go here and argue about that 20% that we got to win. But generally, 80% of the offers we extend are kids that are super grateful and excited for the opportunity. Usually positions of running back, offense line, you know, tight end. They're like, oh, yeah, I got that one. I'm committing, you know. So 80% of what we talk about in terms of these classes are kids that want to be there. We get upset at the 20% of the t- kids that we got to convince to come, but also that 20% that can be the, the difference makers on top of the foundation. We, we can build a foundation class. 10 years of winning, it ain't hard to find kids that want to be a part of that. <clears throat> it is hard to find the ones that see beyond that. they like, look, I know we can win if I'm on the team, but I want to be able to take it further. Mm-hmm. That's where we have to turn the lens from us being, oh, we're Notre Dame, just come here. We got everything you need to, oh, well, we are, but let me show you why. This is how you can play a part and we can help each other. You know, even with our transfers, I'm probably it probably took two seconds with Jack Cohn to get him to come down to South Bend. Come on, right? That's an easy. We like getting the ones that we know we can win. You know, you think it was a struggle to recruit Jack Cohn from Wisconsin? No. And we probably told him, we like, look, and we're gonna play another dude. How you like that? He was like, Cool, whatever you want. <laughs> cool, cool, whatever you want. He didn't how long you think it took to recruit Sam Hartman? He was going to the league. How long did you think it really took the coach to get Sam? Probably two seconds. Hey, uh, free year at Notre Dame. What's up? Leave Wake Forest. You don't need that. Come over here. We get you right. We get you to the NFL the right way. Two second conversation. See, but you can't do that with Deuce Knight. You can't do that with a Dante. You got to be like, look. Most of the kids that come to us know about us beforehand, even transfers. Because once you get into college football, you'll find out about Notre Dame and the importance of how it affects college football once you're in college football. Every team in the nation knows something that whatever Notre Dame does is going to affect something else that they got going on, or they're going to be catching Notre Dame prime time. That just happens. You just – you. Even when I was at Florida, I was catching Notre Dame's prime time. I had all the time in the world watching Notre Dame. No prime time. Well, all my teammates knew how important Notre Dame was, and they never played Notre Dame. But you know that once you get into school. So when it comes to recruiting a Jack Cohn, a Sam Hartman, a Brandon Joseph, a Ben Skoranek, a Kane Madden, it don't take much. They know what they're getting. Now, these same guys before school, one was probably wasn't talking to them. Two, they probably like, yeah, it's, it's a good, just like every other school. That's what dude's night thing. He's like, yeah, you cool. Like Tennessee's cool too. That's where we got to turn our degrees up. Okay, we're cool too, but this is what they can't do. This is what it feels like. We got to give that feeling to kids like, this is exclusive. I came from it. Yeah, they know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I go to school and I graduate and I go 12 years and I get through high school, I'll get a degree and it can lead to great things. I know that. But doing it, 
is a whole nother thing. Standardized tests, ACT. Well, I ain't got to ACT, ACT no more. But, you know, there's levels to it. There's progressions. There's things you got to get through. People don't see that at Notre Dame. They see that face value. Oh, I see the end of the road. That's cool. But I can get that on my own. I'm, I'm a five-star kid, you know, whatever. So it was interesting. Well, left the let's get to the super chats, man. I don't want to forget these. Truman Mel, thank you, my brother. How good of a mentor can Harvey be for the young quarterbacks? And can the quarterback coaches prepare Minchie and Carr to be elite? I don't you know, know what. Of, I don't know how much of a mentor Sam come off to me as. Hmm. I think he's just a guy that's like, look, take what you can get from him. Watch him how he goes about his practice. You can ask him a couple. I mean, how much is he going to tell Kenny and in, in, in Carr? Well, hell, he ain't going to get a chance to see Carr. But how much can he really tell Kenny other than just watch me do this? And, you know, I've been around, so this happens when this happens. Other than that, he only there for a year. If I'm Kenny, I'm like, okay, this is what they like about the quarterback they want starting. I'll take that from him. But how much wealth can he dump on him when he's not going to be there after this year? He's only there for really a season. He ain't really focused on trying to get me right for anything. And he ain't going to teach you much about the offense because Tyler's not here. So mm-hmm. got a bridge of communication. Geno's new to it. I'm new to it. Sam new to it. We kind of learning together. I think it's more what's Kenny's impact on Carr, Gadouli's impact on Kenny and Carr. Can they can he make him elite? I think if he's just consistent, you can be elite with the guys that you can work off of and with and distribute the ball to. You can be elite in that aspect. But these guys are good coming in. Being elite on that next level is an individual thing, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Because I don't want to give credit to guys that go into great situations and be like, oh, he's elite. But you you got all them room. That opportunity may come because he spent the spring yeah. getting tips from Tyler. That's what I'm saying. Room. Like so Sam, he couldn't man. he couldn't help them. Exactly. But Tyler was the one helping him. He said that. So and then Tyler's gone. So Sam looking at Kenny the same way Kenny looking at Gadouli. And I know they ain't asking Steve. Hell, Steve ain't taking no one reps yet. So maybe it's learning by committee, and then. <laughs> You know, who separates themselves and who takes it to the next level, who's staying after, who's asking more questions, who's investing in the offense. These are all individual things mm-hmm. that only are going to show in practice and in the game. You're not going to – I don't think Kenny's going to convince uh, Gino Gadouli that he knows more than Sam just, you know, in this short amount of time is going to be an opportunity where he gets into practice or team situation or, you know, whatever the case may be. But that's – Exactly how it happened for Will. We had TJ Jones, DeVars, Corey. We had some Chris Brown. We got some guys. But it wasn't until the game. Hell, it wasn't until the right game <laughs> that we found out that Will was really the one that we got to run with. So, Matt, thank you for the super sticker, my brother. And then Truman Dumel again. Let's start giving recruits to Don Corleone and making them an offer they can't refuse, make them realize Notre Dame football is a family. 
Gotta invest into these kids, man. Just a little bit more. You invest into yourself and the brand is 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 great. You know, you invest to yourself, the brand is great. But now we gotta be able to turn that in same investment and belief that we have in our own program and turn it into these kids and make them feel like they they make the brand better. You know. We make anybody we can come in contact to and with better, but can they can they feel like they're making us better as well, not just coming here for an experience? I feel like most of those five stars that's going to Georgia feel like Georgia is is lit because of them. Yeah, see, Mac Ten, this is man. I'm glad you brought this up because 15 years ago, that was part of the exclusive exclusivity yeah. of Notre Dame. It it doesn't hit anymore. It just doesn't. Everybody's on national TV. Every week, Texas got his own channel just for Texas. You know what I'm saying? Texas on national TV, Georgia, Alabama, heck, Ohio State last year had four of the top five highest rated games. Like, that's what they're telling recruits. Like, dude, more people, exposure, most exposure, and the most scouts come to our games. That's it. That's it. So, that exclusivity of national TV. It's just it's not we, the same. Selling, we selling vacation brochures for guys to spend all their career at Notre Dame. Yeah, God is looking for a short stay, and we making them pay at least two night stays. And they like, we don't need a two night stay. Let me get my let me come in for the game and, and go home. Y'all want me to get a, at least a two night? I don't know what I'm gonna do the other days. All right, let me just get off. Let me get the night I'm there for the game. Everybody knows mm-hmm. the game is at night. Everybody want to stay at night and then go home the next day. Don't make me buy two days just because you want to be greedy. Now I can't book the room. That's how Notre Dame be doing you. They be like, all right, you got to book it through Monday. Damn, the game on Saturday. Yeah. What are you doing? We hanging around South for two extra days. <laughs> and that's what Notre Dame does, man. Just sell them, sell them what they come for. Yeah, the four for 40 is great. We, we cannot say it's not great. And Adam Shipley, I'm bringing up this statement. And it's not that we didn't, we didn't say Sam Hartman could impact in the film room. He hasn't done it yet. That's coming. Yeah, Because he didn't even know the offense in the spring. So what if can he, he offer? Wake Forest, we would have a different assessment. He, dude, you can't offer anything right now. You're getting the bulk of your teaching from Tyler Buckner. Now. How is Kenny looking at that? He looking if, at I'm, if I'm Marcus Freeman. I'm like, that's why I got Gino Gadoobie. Damn that. I need you getting ready for Ohio State. It's not your job to bring. That's our job to develop them. That's right. Matter of fact, if I'm Kenny, I'm listening more to Gino during film than anybody. He's more important. Can Sam say some things? Yeah. But we're not dependent on Sam Hartman to develop these dudes. That's why you went out and got Gino Gadoobie. That's why. Because Sam Hartman, your job is to focus on winning, the winning these games. Quarterback bring coach, you. Be the coach. Like, dude, you're here. Let's be honest. You're a rental for about eight months. And we will give you back to the league or wherever you That's want it. to go. After eight yeah. months, you're going to prepare for the NFL. Yeah, you're your an eight-month rental. Yeah. Absolutely. Is, we have we – have, Done our due diligence with each other. Absolutely. And I wouldn't expect Kenny to be taking a bunch of 
I don't even know investment tips on how to be a better Notre Dame quarterback from a rental. You know? Yeah. And can he during the week on a, a Tuesday? He'll learn some stuff from him on how to eight thirty at night and adjust the press. Yeah, because yeah. he's and been he sit there. up there watching, pra- you know, watching practice at the film. I mean, film at the practice. He'll make some comments and stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. Maybe and maybe Kenny can pick up a routine here and there, pregame or after practice that an mm-hmm. old dude does. Yeah, that's natural stuff. Yeah, but in terms of is Sam going to get Kenny ready for the future? Absolutely not. That's Gino's job. Sam's going gonna to do what Sam's going to do, and, and whatever falls off of that, I'm sure those guys in the film room will be like, okay, that's what a, a pro looks hey, like. Hey, hey, man, look, let me tell you something. I know we here, like, mentor the youngsters, man. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, and I know Love is about to confirm this. Man, that mentorship in that quarterback room, that's some uh, fairy tale stuff. Now, I can tell you it now. Maybe could have happened with Ian. Maybe, but maybe didn't teach them kids nothing. Look how they left. No. Look how he left them. Jack Cohn obviously didn't teach Tyler too much because he he left too and had a bunch of turnovers and all that. Time. So it's, these guys ain't teaching each other. The only the only time you see something like that is when all of them are winning. AKA anybody that Lincoln Riley got. AKA whoever's hot during this time. So Tennessee looks like it. But that's rare. Ohio State rare. Let, I just said this. Let me let me. Un- Mac Jones did not mentor Bryce Young. No. Mac Jones wanted to kick Bryce Young's butt. Absolutely. And win. And Bryce Young wanted to kick his butt as a true freshman. And wanted to play. Oh, he didn't care about Mac waiting. And Bryce Young. On his own, went and watched film. Every tape that they had, he watched it twice. That's Bryce Young. They ain't got nothing to do with Mac Jones. Giving him tips. I'm sure certain things on the field, doing a practice. Yeah, what, what, what you see? But uh, Bryce not looking to take yeah. too much from him. No, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm better. No, we already told you how Kenny Mitchie is. Hey, Kenny Mitchie ain't looking to take Kenny Mitchie, like, all right, Sam, all right, all right, and left it at that because Kenny Mitchie, deep in his heart, is like, I'm gonna be better than you. That's it. If, if, if we're keeping it 1000, because if Kenny Mitchie is like, he's time. looking at Steve Angeli, like, I'm better than you, yep, and I'm gonna be better than him. And he should be. This is not no Batman and Robin situation where it's just Robin will always be under Batman. No, 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 no. And that's just being, you know what else that comes from? That's just having camaraderie. Right. Those That communication stuff, camaraderie. Um, communication, talking. Uh, yeah, that's just the natural progression of Sam Hartman becoming acclimated. That's why we said the best thing for Notre Dame was to announce that Sam Hartman was the dude from the jump. Yeah, from the jump. To establish that. To establish he's a guy, establish the camaraderie of the room, and open up the communication 
in film sessions on the field, all that That's small stuff. It it destroys the room. It destroys the room. It's like if you put a bunch of uh, what's them what's them fish? You put a bunch of fish in there. You can't do it. That's they'll eat each other. Mm-hmm. It's just what if you don't set the top dog in the room, we're just gonna eat each other. That's just what it is. There's only one yeah. guy that can play. And hell, we all think we better than each other anyway. Yeah, yeah. We we all got told different things on our recruiting stories anyway. And then if you just walk in there and be like, hey, it's all it's fair game, anybody can win the job. That's that's detrimental to your football team. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what, you just will never be as happy for the next dude taking your spot. So let's talk about (laughs) let's talk about the wide receiver position. Tim Brown said he's going to mentor Tobias Merriweather. And they and they and they better turn out as he's a leader of the room. Why couldn't Deion Cozy mentor him? Why couldn't Jay Thomas mentor him? They watch film with him. Yeah. Which which men, mentor do you think is going to be more important? Hell, Chase Claypool should have needed a mentor. I'm, I'm, man, I think sometimes mentorship, just because Sam Hartman gives tips, it doesn't make him a mentor. Like I have a lot of people that gave me great vi- advice. It makes him a healthy teammate, man. It, it, I've had some great people give me advice in broadcasting over the last 12 years. They're not my mentors, and they didn't mentor me. We just had some good, really good conversations sitting in the lunchroom at WGN, at ESPN. Passing information. Passing information, alerting me to things, alerting me to trends. Yo, man, man, that's a good tip. Thanks for letting me know that. That person's not necessarily a mentor to me. They were a teammate within the same company. And we shared information. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I just need Sam to be a great teammate. He's an eight-month rental, man. Should be a good teammate, man. Just be a great teammate on and off the field. You do your job, I promise you. Know That's it. it. That's it. I promise you. Look, I pro- do your job, Sam, and I promise you Notre Dame will create a whole life for you. Hell, just you know what you got into. Man. This, this is this is not about good feelings. This is about getting something done. You know how you mentor? You know the best way Sam Hartman can mentor these kids? Is winning. And putting up great film. Oh, yeah. Give them great film to look at every week. That's it. That's it. That's all it should be. You don't have to say a word. For a rental. You don't have to say a word. The offense look like it's going to be hard to repeat. Yes. Make it look like you did some stuff because you really tapped in, and this is is an elite ceiling of where all offense can be and keep it Mm -hmm. standard. Yeah. Put the standard up there. This is a Mm -hmm. 41-point offense. Yes. If you do your damn job. Yes. And now you don't need to hypothesize and theorize on how we can score 41. Look at Sam State for one year. This is what we can look like at our peak. And Mm -hmm. and there as just the baseline. Now, Kenny, you want to be better than Sam? Be better than 41 points. Mm -hmm. He had a whole season of it because he did did, did listen, 
We got the players. He made some plays. What you think Bryce Young was looking at? He was looking at two and put up 50 points, 40 points, 50 points. Jalen Hurts putting winning championships 30, 40, 50. So he's like, okay, that's what they expected from me. Sam Harvin don't have no film to look at. He's got to be the example. So he worried about that. He's like, look, let me lead by putting up these numbers and winning games. I can't really teach you much because ain't nothing to go off of. Gina, mm-hmm. Jared Parker don't got no playbook. This is Tommy shit. Man. <laughs> so I gotta make I gotta make Jared Parker right so he can yeah. have something to teach you. Yeah. And Gino gotta support that. So hey, yeah. we all working together. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That honestly, I'm glad it got to this point. That's, you know, that goes back to Bryce Young, Mac Jones. So he's like, dude, film. When you have great film for your quarterbacks to look at, it goes a long way. Regardless if they're in there with Sam, Geno, the film, give them something. And they then guess watch. what you're going to do? Give it to Deuce Knight? Absolutely. Like Deuce Knight, look. Come in here and watch how we put up 41 mm-hmm. versus your favorite team. Mm-hmm. This could be you. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman did it, and he was a rental. We we just bought him off the street. Now, just imagine four years, three years of you running this. Yes. RPOs, yes. quarterback runs, deep throws. You're going to have the gamut. I'll ne- never forget when Gus Malzahn was recruiting me after when I was after I graduated for my mm-hmm. fifth year. He flew in, and all he did was bring an iPad. And he said, look, we got this player going to the league, this player receiver, this player tight end. We got a good old line. It's a great environment. Look at our offense. You can fit that. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. That's they sell. That was Gus Malzahn at Auburn selling point. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk about academics or where I'm going to live or no money necessarily. It was we got a first-round running back. We got a first-round receiver. We got blocking. We got the schedule. You can fit just like this in here. And if you don't take it, Jared Stidham going to take it. Mm-hmm. That was the 30-minute recruiting mm-hmm. trip and all I needed. And I made, I was like, Coach, I'm, I love it. I just, I'm going to go to Florida instead. That was it. That was the last time I heard from Auburn. So it just shows you that what certain schools promote and what's important, they talk about winning football games. Yeah. And who they got to help you do that. Yeah, that's what ju- that's what won Justin Scott over. Mm-hmm. I'll state, hey, this is who you're gonna be playing with, Justin Scott, and we got Larry Johnson who can get you there. 
do you want to come or not? They didn't nice. do all the cookouts and come to, I mean, they had an official here and there, but that wasn't what was the tipping point. Mm-hmm. They're doing due diligence. We got to bring them up, show them a good time, whoop de whoop, but then we're going to tell them the real. We got Larry Johnson, we got a resume, and these are some dogs you're going to be playing with. That you can be the best out of the group, but they're going to push you to get better. They're not just going to be looking at you all day like, how, how do I, you know, we don't have that yet, but that's what can tip the, the cow over right there. Yeah. And unfortunately, we asked somebody in the chat that didn't like the direction of the conversation, even though I think it went perfectly with the fact that we were talking about development of the backups. And Adam brought up mentorship. And I think someone needs to look up the definition of mentorship. That's just the way I look at it. Because you can't be my teammate and just because you're my teammate, you're a mentor. Doesn't work like that. And a quarterback that played at Notre Dame just told you that mentorship doesn't happen in quarterback rooms. No, you know, that speaks to my Florida experience. You know, I chose Florida because they had just went to -to back-to-back SEC championships, back-to-back. And they did it with a grad transfer in Austin Appleby. Mm-hmm. Charlie Fry was a great mentor that was going to teach me how to, do, to basically be a rookie in the NFL. You know, new team, new environment, one year to do it. SEC is like G League mm-hmm. of NFL. All the all the things that you could uh, imagine. They had an NFL uh, type of talent. They had Antonio Callaway. They had Jordan Scarlett. Had uh, Wani Taylor, who was a first-round tackle. They had another first-round, Martez Ivy. They got a left guard that's in the league for the Steelers. So the team was set up perfectly. You know, the defense was obviously, you know, a Florida defense, really good at the time. Everything was spelled out perfectly. You know, Tim Tebow and the whole lefty thing and just the same things that uh, Auburn had. The only difference was I didn't, I didn't have that position, Coach that could literally taught me the things that he's taught me today, um, you know, was by myself, like really just that, that's yeah. the mentor, the quarterback coach. I didn't go for no play Look. in particular. Look. But that's Harry, Harry, he stands, set it up at Notre Dame, that once you were an offensive lineman, you rode with the offensive lineman, you went everywhere with the offensive lineman, the old offensive lineman mentored you. Yeah. From the day you set foot on the campus. That was how Sam, up, though, yeah. Sam Hartman is fishing with the coaches, man. He is not hanging out with Steve Angeli. He's, he's one of them. He's he's he's, a, he's more the homie babysitter friend. Like he's one dude. He goes to the coach's house, man. He's dinner, hangs dinner, out, fishes, hangs yeah. out. They are like more like boys. He's, he's not a grown like, man. Yeah, he's a grown he's man. A grown man. Man, and most quarterbacks, who did you which quarterbacks did you hang out with? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. You and Deshaun didn't hang out. We hung out when we went to see our girlfriends at Ohio State, but other than that, it what it just doesn't happen like that. Because think it about doesn't it. Happen. Already, quarterbacks are different. Got, That's all we're saying. That's yeah, all we've been saying. Going against, you already slightly don't want the dude to succeed. That's just how do you even hang around somebody where you slightly 
don't want them to do better than you. Like, or you just have to be in that mindset when you around the person because that's how the coaches are treated. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's I love it. The time and place for everything. Man, what's your boy Kelly Bryant? He wasn't trying to groom Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't trying to give him tips during the spring. Trevor Lawrence was on his neck. On his neck the whole time. And the coaches was applying the pressure. And he and played do. No more walk said his best. He done all right. Alphas don't buddy up, bro. It's just not a buddy type of thing. It's a respect. Like, I have great respect for everybody I was in competition with. I could never say anything bad about them in that regard. No. But I definitely wasn't trying to hang with Ev or hang with Tommy Reese, you know, or hang with, you know, Brandon was cool, but even with Brandon, it just wasn't, you know, Brandon was on his own vibe, you know. You know, we, man, look, I don't do Sam. This is Sean Davis talking to you, Sam Harden. You're grown. I relieve you from any mentorship duties that you might feel like you have. I need your entire focus on the 70% of plays you're going to get during fall camp, elevating this wide receiver room, elevating this offense, and kicking Ohio State, USC, and Clemson's butt. That's it. That's the task at hand. And you this message will self this. This message will self-explode in 15 seconds. It is up to you whether or not you take this mission. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't even need you to be the super nice guy that everybody loves. I don't have to be. You only have eight don't months. don't have to be. Eight months, you in there to, to, to win. No, that's it. And everybody knows it. Because if you don't, nobody's going to sit there and pat you. They don't know you. They will only know you for what you do, Sam. Just like Jack Cone. Jack Cone played it smart. Came in, did what he could, and dipped and didn't look back. You don't see Jack Cone sporting the ND varsity jacket back on the sidelines with some shades on. Like mm-hmm. Sam, uh, Jack Cone was very grateful and appreciative and knew what his job was. Come in here and, 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 and hold the ship. Hold it up. That's it. That's hold it. it up. And we'll love you forever. We're we going to take you where you want to go. Hold yep. it up, Sam, uh, Jack Cone. Don't do that. Don't do too much. Just hold it up. When you when, keep us at this eight, nine, ten win game level, mm-hmm. and you golden with it, you can even lose some. We we're gonna play other guys. We're gonna try to transition. Just play the transitional role. Hey, Coach Vic has a question for you. He said, "I'm curious how much time did Tommy spend focusing only on the quarterback?" Zero, 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 zero. Come on, zero, 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 zero. zero. And anytime that anytime that he faked like he did, it just it wasn't good enough to develop anybody. So it's like, come on, don't fool yourself. You don't have enough time in the day to do both. You just you don't. Not if you want to be succinctly good at it. Like, come on, how much did Todd Monken really spend with the quarterbacks individually or as a group? Todd Monken was focused on that offense, putting up sixty three points in the national championship. He. He was he was admittedly honest in the championship game. He said, "This ain't no family. This is about this is about this is a job. If mm-hmm. I don't do my job and win, I'm not gonna be here." So yeah, Kirby Smart preaching the family thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool and all that, but this I don't treat it as family. This ain't family because I can get fired if I don't win. So I'm focused on winning, and that's what Jared Parker has seemed to me. 
I don't see him as a big raw, raw, always in the press, trying to boost up the morale of the team. I think he's locked in on how do I score 41 points a game with Sam. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Level, before we get out of here, ESPN, our guy Jordan Reed, uh, good friend of mine, man. I came into the business with him and simultaneously over at ESPN, and hopefully we can get him on. Uh, you know, he has to get like, get like 10 approvals to be on a podcast. It's you know like crazy. You know how that go. But he released his way, you know, he replaced Todd McShay, and he released the way too early mock draft for 2024. I had to talk to him for some reason. He has the Carolina Panthers winning some games. And meaning that their pick is going to be number 10, I disagree. I think their pick is going to be around 5-6. Mm. He also has the Bears not winning a lot because he has the Bears as the 11th pick. I have to have a discussion with him about that as well. He knows you're not winning against Kirk Cousins, man. Slack off, bro. That was <laughs> that slack off. Be cool. But Notre Dame does have someone going seventh overall to the Green Bay Packers. And they're going to face, if I'm not mistaken, I believe five first-round picks in this mock draft during the schedule. They face two defensive linemen when they face Ohio State. Of course, they face the number two pick, wide receiver Marvin Harris, Harrison Jr. They face the number one overall pick and quarterback Caleb Williams. Then we go to the teams and we see that they face uh, Emeka Obuki, Abuka, I'm sorry, wide receiver from Ohio State. They will also face Michael Hall Jr., defensive tackle from Ohio State. They will also face Donovan Jackson, offensive guard from Ohio State. And where's JT at? JT Tuomaloa, defensive lineman from Ohio State as well. So that's five. Let me see if I'm missing someone that's on the Notre Dame schedule. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter, linebacker from Clemson. And also Graham Burton, offensive tackle from Duke. So that's seven players, seven projected first-round picks that Notre Dame will be facing on its schedule this year. That sounds about right every year. That's what I'm saying. I've played against probably every great player that's in the league now or played with them. Yeah. Played against Ramsey and Winston and played with Jalen and played against Ezekiel Elliott and Michael mm-hmm. Thomas and yeah. the Bosa brothers and you know, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Watson, you know, all the guys you see in cooking today, Notre Dame must have some indirect or direct ex- experience with them. Christian McCaffrey, you know. Yeah. The only people we didn't play against was – hell, we played Leonard Fournette, 
Yeah. Played against pretty much everybody. <laughs> the only people we didn't play against was like Lamar Jackson at Louisville. But we played Louisville, just not with – when they had uh, uh, the receiver, uh, Mike uh, – the receiver that played for the Dolphins for a long time at Louisville. Receiver that went to Miami, played for the Dolphins a long time. He's still there. Oh, man. I know you're talking about. Did he just get moved, though? He probably got moved, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And then we played against, you know, obviously the the best receivers of the day. We played against LSU. We played against everybody. So the only people mm-hmm. we ever played against was like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And the Bama player. Well, we played against Bama. I wasn't there, but we played against Bama, too, a couple times. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Lacy, Mari Cooper. Mm-hmm. DJ Flukner. Yeah. So Notre Dame is gonna run the game. Like that's the other benefit, exclusivity. You're gonna see if you're a big dog or not going to Notre Dame because you're gonna play all the biggest. And I want to return you to we talked about Justin Scott and the development thing. Remember that? Yeah. Devontae um, Parker, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Two projected first-round picks on that defensive line for Ohio State. Michael, we saw him last year. He Michael Hall wrecked the offensive line for Notre Dame last year at least three times. He wrecked plays. That's why he's first round. Why do you think he's first round? Exactly. Get it to Notre Dame. JT on the very first play hit Tyler Buckner dead in his chest, but he completed the pass to Lorenzo Style. He wrecked plays that entire game. Let's go down to the 18th pick projected. Yeah, we played against the number two pick and the number 10 pick quarterback and receiver at Ohio State first game last year. Defensive tackle Chris Jenkins from Michigan. Somebody else that was in the final, you know, two. For Justin Scott, they have a first-round defensive tackle. Mike Elson is like, yo. Look who we got. We got. So, you know, this first-round projection stuff is very important in recruiting. It will always be very important in recruiting, especially to top players. And hopefully the new director of scouting, will help because he is a liaison. It's not just about scouting and getting good players to Notre Dame. He's also a liaison to the pro scouts to let the pro scouts know what Notre Dame has. Yeah. That's part of his job as the director of scouting, not only to scout talent for Notre Dame, but to be a proper liaison for what Notre Dame has to shine the light on that talent and get that attention and get ESPN, these prognosticators and these mock draft gurus to pay attention. Hey, pay attention to Jason on yet this year. Yeah. So going into next year, he could be projected in the first round. Pay attention to Benjamin Morrison. First round next year, he needs to be there. 
We need two or three guys projected in the first round next year. Yeah, facts. Think about how easy it is for Georgia. They can roll out the top 10 players, three or four, uh -huh. four from mm -hmm. Georgia. Undefeated two years in a row. Back-to-back -back championships. All first-round defense. All first-round whatever. Yeah. That's an easy sale for the next 10 years. That's how Alabama's dynasty got started. Yeah. All-time great defense, and everybody started going, and then they just – Here's a question for you, Left. Someone left a similar question uh, after yeah, one of the shows recently. And you're back, man. This is up your alley. Someone says, uh, where's the alums and when it comes to closing because the kids? The, the front office is a weird dynamic. Mm. They don't take action until you complain i.e. the Justin Scott situation. It wasn't until it was soured, then they started paying attention to people outside of the program. So for alumni like myself, there's been plenty of guys. I got two 26 kids right now that are top linemen and top uh, defensive player in the class of 26 that wants to go to Notre Dame. Tell them about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why it's too late. The front office doesn't like to give credit to nobody but the front office. So if they don't hear about a recruit first or the recruit's not on their radar, they don't respect an alumni to bring them a recruit. They don't. Not until it becomes a, a message board <clears throat> where they catch a winner, they not doing their job well enough. or you know. So it's a thing where it's like, okay, if they respected the alumni's opinions towards the kids, maybe it would be a bigger benefit mm -hmm. for the alumni that have been successful. Like Todd Light, come on, Todd Light should have been Dion before Dion. Come on, man. Todd Light coaching back at his alma mater where he was a first round national champion, uh, Super Bowl winner, Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame this year. He's your DB coach, and we're not pulling the top recruits in the cow. Mm. How? That's why Notre Dame alumni ain't involved. What you mean? We got one on the staff. No better, no better uh, model your game after. All the wealth and knowledge that the man got to be a first-round national champion and a Super Bowl champion is right there on the alumni. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the number one DB at, at any point. We got guys drafted, Troy Pride, Jalen Elliott, you know, Dante Vaughn got into the league, Julian Love a little bit, Cole Loop. But none of them was – well, Julian Love pretty good. What do you go, first, second round, something like that? Mm-hmm. But that's – damn. For, that's all we can get out of Todd Light? So that's why the alumni is not – as connected as it should be, but you know, I think it I think it's just a very prideful thing in that recruiting office. You know, them dudes wanna they spend all day up there and they let a recruit slip, an obvious recruit slip. Mm -hmm. You know, Chad Bowen probably spinning his wheels like I'm here all day. How'd I miss that? They don't want to get no credit to no alumni that's 
you know, living in the region and the kid get the butt. You know, it's just how it works. But I'll tell you what, Alabama don't have a problem with that. Alabama probably have a tip line. Hotline. <laughs> Call one eight hundred Alabama if you got hey, yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. We'll take it some some serious consideration. We'll look at them because you know why they got the stat. They got 80, 90 people there. Mm-hmm. They have a recruiting hotline service, a red phone sitting in the middle of the office for a potential uh, guy on the map that you know, not a secret. Super chat. You can answer this one because I'm tired of talking about the left. Justin Scott tells M. Michigan he's committed and then visits Ohio State and alters his choice. But someone who supposedly has been very slow and thoughtful in making the choice, I can't get my head around that. Thoughts? Well, first of all, let me clear something up. He didn't tell Michigan that he committed until after he visited Ohio State. So whoever told you that is not telling the truth. He contacted Hayes Fawcett pretty much said this. After his Ohio State visit, visit, he was contacted by Justin Scott and told, create a Michigan commitment poster. He then went home, and as he told Lucky Lefty and Irish Breakdown, he was going to take the week to talk to his coaches and his family and, and about can, his decision. And we can keep it even, even more simple than that. Even and, keep- and, and he talked to him about his decision, and he changed his mind. This is but it's these are these are kids. This is why you don't see a president being eighteen years old. They can be swayed and impressed on any type of way. That's what that's why the recruiting so crazy. These absolutely eighteen, seventeen years old. Hell, he went somewhere else the next day. It's a kid. So this is why kids. Drink today. It's why you can't be president till you're 45. It's it, 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 right up till 25 anyway. Because when you're disimpressionable, you can't lean on your decision. That's, that's why damn near does the best schools recruit last minute. Facts. What you mean? You're like, we ain't going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. In January of your junior year, mm-hmm. because we know that you gonna run million different ways because it's it's hot, it's attractive. You don't have no ties to it. You don't pay no bills at home. This don't mean this is a free bag of money. But when it gets time to where you got to make one of the few hard decisions in your life this early, or where you want to go to school, that's when we that's when we put our gas in. Because now I know you can't go nowhere. So you got to decide. And I'm, and clearly, we got the best choice. So if we just mm-hmm. hot, slam dunk. Justin Scott, what you think Ryan Day was waiting for? He was like, man, let me get close to this date. And then that's when he wanted to decide. I'm going to just swoop right on in. Hit him with my knockout. Yep. And as a kid, he's going to look at that and be like, damn, they do got Larry Johnson. Damn, they do have Chase. Damn, they do got a top D-line class. Yeah, I like Notre Dame and all the great stuff they've been selling me. But let's just keep it real. That's Larry Johnson. That's mm-hmm. that's easy lead. I can see the vision a lot more clearly than I can see it at Notre Dame where they had and nobody first round, nobody uh, legendary coach. It's easy. It's a kid. This 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 is what people are trying to figure out what happened with him instead of trying to figure out what happened with the recruiting effort at Notre Dame. 
Yeah. I don't give a darn about Ohio State in, Mich- in, in Michigan and how that decision came about. No they dropped the ball. Yeah. Hor- horrifically. Horrifically. That's it. But it's not dropping the ball. It's the way our practices are set up. This is how we've always recruited. Well, then that's, that's dropping the ball in 2023, Glad. And it's not about – it's not about – look, Justin Scott, when he left his Michigan visit, made the decision that he was going to Michigan. We dropped the not, ball on Peyton Bowen, though, he too. He did not officially – no, Peyton Bowen was a, was a liar. In terms not, of, in terms of, in no, terms of that, that is apples and oranges. That ain't no. I was Man. trying to make a point. Okay. Hell no. I'm sorry. I had to go to the H E double hockey sticks. H E double hockey sticks on that. No, one. Peyton Bowen is a bad example. Okay. Bad example. I I would never fault Notre Dame for that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Justin Scott made his personal decision. After the Michigan visit, that that's where he wanted to go. He did not inform Michigan until after his Ohio State visit, which at the same time he also informed Notre Dame. Everybody found out at the same time, officially. He told me that night. He was going to, even though he had made his choice, he was going to spend the next week, the off week that his coaches had with his parents to make sure that that was what he wanted to do. So I don't know how much thoughtful you want a kid to be in recruiting. I just don't. And like Left said, at the end of the day, he's a kid. He's a kid. It's simple for me, right? Because like I said, people, they want to grab the low-hanging fruit of NIL. Michigan offered them NIL. They got just as much money as Ohio State. What, what's, the, what's the point? So if Michigan offered them NIL, Georgia definitely offered him NIL, and Miami offered him NIL. So he said no to the higher NIL bids and chose to stay close to the home and chose the defensive line coach that's better and chose defensive players in his recruiting class at his position that are better than Notre Dame and Michigan have recruited to this point, which is the number three defensive defensive end. He's the number three defensive tackle, and he also had a number five defensive tackle. In the same class, this is what he's looking at. And people are sitting there, oh, that's the only reason he could have chosen Ohio State is NIL. No, no, no.
You have to bring in great players to attract great players. Cam Williams is in the 24 class because C.J. Carr is the quarterback. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Larson is in the 24 class because C.J. Carr is the quarterback. Aeneas Williams committed to Notre Dame because C.J. Carr is the quarterback. It's just really good players want to play with other really good players. It's as simple as that. The great example, Keon Keeley, you know why it was tough? You know why it was tough for him to lead a Notre Dame class left? Loyalty. He knew Notre Dame had some other really good defensive players in the class. Yeah, because we had Peyton Bourne at the time. He didn't Keon Keeley wasn't feeling like he didn't have other great players to play with. He knew they had Drake. He knew they had Christian. He knew that they had Peyton at the time. He he dude, his his relationship with Brendan Vernon, as Ryan Roberts wrote about when they went to the All-American game in San, in San Antonio, they were like best brothers. They hung out and went everywhere. All week. He believed in the defensive class. He just believed in Alabama's development a little bit better. That's it. That's it. That's it. So at some point, and it looks like they're doing it in the 25 class, at some point, you're going to have to get really good players and get those elite players to say, okay, I want to play with that dude. Yeah, I want to play with that dude. I want to play with that dude. And it is what it is. Do Andy cheat sheet. If you think Justin Scott was gonna sit behind Kurt Heinish and Gabriel Rubio and Devin Houston, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Kurt Heinish. You're out of your mind. We just talked about the two players. That in the first round, mock draft for Ohio State, it took them their second year to pop. Year two, nobody sitting two to three years. Player like that plans to be in college three years and gone. That's it. Like Jay Tillery. Yeah, yeah, he's not. No, no. And I, get, I guarantee you the coaches at Ohio State gave him a plan year one, year two, year three to the draft. And I guarantee you we had no idea. Man, we would never do nothing like that. And we sit up here talking about he's going to sit two to three years behind who? He probably saw what they did to Tobias and was like, it ain't happening to me. I ain't about to be happy to hit with the uh, – Man, I hope – she, she, I hope that's not what they sold him on. 
I hope they ain't telling him he's going to sit two, three years behind. Man. No, no, I didn't take it out of context. I'm just saying, I hope. Man. It goes to the point, though. That's like saying he's sitting behind Micah Dutreway, Brandon T. Awesome, and, and, and the other one. Man. All at one time? No. I get, like, look, I don't care what they say. Tyson Ford needs to hit see the field this year. Yeah, he got to get on the field. He's too big. Too big of a prospect. You got to play. If we're developing NFL defensive linemen, he has to play. He has to play. Sneed should have played before he did at the end of last year. When you're, you have to play. Man, I thought that the question of the day, left. Notre Dame is just a quarterback away from what? Notre Dame is just a quarterback away from what? You fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks, LL Nation. No, I'm cheat sheet. I'm, we're right there with you. And that goes back to not unveiling a plan. And two, don't go up. You didn't stir any pot. It's just, you know. Here's what it is. Yeah, it wasn't. Him being in Ohio State really isn't that hard, man. It's really not that hard to figure out. It's not. Heck, the reason he chose, chose Michigan initially isn't that hard to yeah, figure Hutchinson, out. Another dude, another dude, another dude. Right, Aiden Hutchinson, just the line of dudes that just went – these are the dudes that just went to the draft. It's not hard. Think he said a spot away from just quarterback away from challenging for a playoff spot in the night. Uh, Solomon says uh, relevance. Yeah, two more wins is relevance. Shit, three more wins is relevance. Being, being uh, so Matt D said quarterback away from being a serious contender for the playoffs. Coach Vic says the final four. But cheat sheet, thank you for making that point, though. Like, come on, man. Like Peyton Bowen, if Peyton Bowen's on this roster, hey. Hey. Yeah. Xavier. Some, somebody, he man, he's on your neck. He's on your neck. Man, you don't get talent like that. Unless you're Alabama, where you just stop with talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you can save Dallas Turner to week 10 in his freshman year. You know, you say what? Play him them yeah. four games to save his red shirt type. Yeah, of. you can save Will Anderson until the end of his freshman year. 
If you stop piling talent like that, Notre Dame, they get a talent like that. Hey man. Play today, shit. <laughs> Let's go. Lucky Ducky Podcast. Great show. Thank you, everybody that tuned in. We gave you two hours. You already know what time it is. I'm about to go watch some uh, dreadful uh, White Sox baseball though. Jesus. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Um, security guards, you need to relax. Um, <laughs> Britney Spears was trying to get no one overall pick in the NBA draft. Mr. Wimbanyama's attention as she was nearby him and tapped him on the shoulder and caught a nice backhanded elbow from security. When security realized who she was, she was allowed to say something, but security, relax. He hasn't done anything yet, bro. Like, yeah, no, no one's trying to kill him yet. That's right. Like he hasn't made anyone lose money yet in Vegas. Relax. No one has lost a prop bet on them yet. All right. Chill. Just chill, man. Left. I would like to bring your attention to one of my favorite young baseball players for the Cincinnati Reds, Mr. De La Cruz, who played in a baseball game last night. He has a special to order bat where the actual handle comes apart. And it's never been seen before, but it was approved by Major League Baseball. And he's one of the few players that uses it left. So in the first inning of the game against the Washington Nationals, he detached the bottom, did something, and Dave Martinez didn't know what it was, so he had the umps check his back. Now, I probably would have been a little bit upset, love. I'm going to keep it funky. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're trying to embarrass me. You're trying to check, you know, check my back. Yeah. You know what he did in the fifth inning? What did he do? Let me see if I, I thought I had the video left. I guess not. I can show it from my Twitter, though. (laughs) 
and this is probably the pettiest move you're gonna see. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. He comes up in the fifth inning, and this is what he does. Right? I love it. He hits the home run. He turns to the ump, points to the handle, and throws it to him and says, you can check it in here. Yeah, straight up. Go ahead. Check it. Yeah, yeah. don't disrespect. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it, bro. Yeah. Man. Showed everybody up. Here. Check that. Last but not least, Darius Dalton. I believe that's his name. The uh, boyfriend and father of a child with uh, Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. My brother. Come on, bro. <laughs> now, Grant, look. Hey, you know what? We can just put it on display, love. Okay. Kiki Palmer was being serenaded by Usher. That Boondocks episode is true, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And this is what she wore. This is what she wore. If there are children in the room, remove them right now. That's Kiki Palmer to the left. Mm. She's being serenaded by Usher, as you can see. And, that, and look at Usher, it's like, ooh. Now, her baby father didn't like it. He didn't like it. Left. If you didn't like it, cool. Instagram fam, you run to Instagram. That's how people do it. Run to Instagram. And then this is me, love. Because I love when people bring up morals at a certain point. Picking and choosing. Like now, yeah, high morals. But when you were shooting the club up and she wasn't married, you didn't care about morals. You don't care. People picking and choosing, man. You didn't care about impregnating her before entering a full committed relationship. And that's not a problem. You make that choice. My point is, don't all of a sudden hit the high moral thing when you live in life. Last I checked, Kiki Palmer's been dressing like this. There was a clip of her going in New York going to shoot a TV show with you holding the baby, walking behind her with a dress that she could hardly walk in. She never stopped dressing like this. You're just mad because you weren't there. And because that cat Usher was singing to her. 
Can't sing like Usher, man. No. But why why would you run the Instagram? And you thought you were gonna get support publicly? Generation Z, man. That's what they do. And then how is that gonna play out when she gets home? On Instagram. <laughs> so Usher took the same stuff and put it on his IG story today. Just oh, of course, of course. Usher went super petty. Of course. He was like his whole IG story today is the same you video. Can't, you can't react to it, man. It's just gonna make it look worse on you, man. Just gotta let it roll off your shoulders. Look, man. I don't know about you. I'm 30 years into my relationship. I encourage my wife when she goes on girls' trips to look darn good. Same here. Man. <laughs> the same Re here. Represent me. Yeah, I've encouraged that she goes and looks good. You know? You're darn like, right. I never say they look bad. I'm like, look. Yeah, post, I, it, post the pictures on it. IG. Post, post them. them. Yeah, I love it. I don't, I've never had a problem with it. And, you know, it does make everybody look better. So, man, two piece, whatever. Post it. Yeah, you look good, girl. Shit. Especially now she's been putting in mad work in the yeah, gym. Yeah, you know, and you can't let man. other people, you know, try to. I think for him, he let other people get to him about their opinions of it. Some of his cousins hit him, didn't they? Like, yeah, cousins. They yeah. People hit him like, yo, you going to do this and that. And he, and he responded to them for what they thought instead of what he felt. And I'm mm -hmm. sure she's like, dang, you never said this before. Yeah, because nobody was talking to me. <laughs> That's why. People talking to me now. He don't, so he don't really care. Man. Well, he shouldn't care. You should be supportive, you know. My, my man, your pettiness has only grown and produced further pettiness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to let it die out, bro. You, you, you might want to reel it back in, but it's too late. Too late? Too late. Because that kind of usher is on the petty train today. Yeah. He wasn't going to pose it till you made it worse, you know? Man. So you need to tell your cousins to mind your business. To tell you, yeah, tell your people mind your business, bro. All right. And if, like I said, if your mama and your daddy were embarrassed because they're church-going members and they don't think it's a good look, was it a good look when you shot a club up? That's, see, that's what I'm interested in. That's where, where do these morals come from? You out in these streets, you a mama. What? So is my wife. She's a mother. What's your point? I'm trying to understand. What's her having to be a mother have to do with looking good? Yeah. Can't let people get in your own head about your own feelings, you know? Man. Have you wilding out? Like you so. said, well, as Usher said, let it burn. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> We're out of here. See you tomorrow. We'll dig in. I think Cam McDaniel is going to try and join us. He's on vacation. So if he doesn't join us, we're going to push the running backs preview back until Monday. That's right. 
and he'll hop on with us because I'm interested. He's really going to dive into the. He said he's going to do some more research, but he has some interesting stuff to, say, to talk about. Jadarian Price's return, yeah, from the Achilles injury and the work he's been doing. Right. So if we don't do running backs tomorrow, we'll do wide receivers. Left, okay? That sounds good. Great show, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation. Lock in. We'll holler. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.